This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning. It is Monday morning, 11.30 a.m. You're listening to Wave 94, 94.1, Escape to Heaven. Marcia Cardi, servant of Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And, you know, we're believers, right? Or we're trying to be, or we're thinking about it. And I'm just inclined to... Make sure we understand more and more about our Savior and our Lord, Jesus Christ. I mean, what is a typical day of being with Jesus? I mean, you say you want to escape to heaven. Jesus is the focal point in heaven. He is where everyone is looking towards Jesus. So when we want to go to heaven, we're really saying, I want to experience life. With Jesus. And so when Jesus was here on the earth, he lived a certain lifestyle. And I just want us to look at it. And Mark, uh, the second chapter is a good spot right there. Um, where no matter where he went, one thing he always did was he preached the word. Uh, there was a uh, group of guys, like four guys, I think, and brought their friend who was a paralytic so that, um, Jesus could could like maybe heal him or talk to him. And uh, when they couldn't get in, because there was always a crowd of people around Jesus, right? And they couldn't get in. So guess what they did? They tore the roof off the house. That's that's how you and I are supposed to be. When we're trying to get to Jesus, we stay focused. We don't look to the left or the right. Tear the roof off the house and just get there right in his midst. And that's exactly what these four guys did. And when Jesus, see, he interprets uh, crazy, wild out uh, actions of ours as a demonstration of our faith and our faith promotes him. It pushes him to respond to what our need is. And so he said, son, your son, your sins are forgiven you. Now that really probably did not make sense to uh, those that were observing. Don't you see that he's a paralytic? Why didn't you just say, like, son, you are healed. Oh, why didn't you lay hands on him or something? But Jesus' way is different, right? And um, the Pharisees and the scribes who p- were observing went like, who is he that he think he can forgive sins? Only God can do that. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. And uh, he said, well, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiving you, or to say, take up your bed and walk. He said, but that you may know that the Son 
of man has power on earth to forgive sins. That's why I did that. And then he turned to the paralytic and he said, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately, the paralytic, no thinking involved, simply got up, took his bed, walked out in the midst of everyone. So everyone was amazed and he glorified God. And other people were saying, we've never seen anything like this, you know? So life with Jesus on earth, or you and I that have received Jesus and our spirit man, and we've become new creatures. We are supposed to be exactly like Jesus. It should be like an unending story of continual miracles just constantly because why the needs of the lost, the needs of the souls here on earth, it should just gravitate to the power of God that is residing inside of you. Um, also, Jesus sat with the publicans and the sinners over there in Mark, the second chapter, 15th verse. He wasn't like sitting in the... um Synagogue all day long. Mm -mm. He was out among the people, those that are living daily, um, you know, and, and he was questioned about this. Mark 2nd chapter 17 verse, Jesus heard about it, what the scribes were saying and the Pharisees, look at him sitting there eating with sinners. Look at him. <laughs> That's what they were saying. And Jesus just looked at him and he spoke. He said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. See, he's letting them understand, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And that was the entire purpose of Jesus. It was the good works, the healings, the deliverance that made people want to run towards him. You know, and the goodness of God uh, caused many, many, many to come to repentance, right? Uh, they looked at him and said, well, John the Baptist, his disciples are, are always fasting. Why are you not fasting? Why are your disciples? Basically, your disciples. And uh, Jesus let them understand, uh, as long as I'm with them, they're happy. Why is there a need to fast? It's when I leave that they need to fast because now they're trying to get to me and I'm physically not there. And the only way they can get to me is in the realm of the spirit. Amen. So that's why we fast. So I want to escape to heaven, but understand what heaven is about. Heaven is consecration. Heaven is service to the lost. Heaven is signs, wonders, miracles, deliverance. Amen. And so, um, they noticed this, they being the nebulous, they being the Pharisees and the, and the scribes again. They noticed that um, the disciples were going through the cornfields, pulling the corn and eating the corn on a Sabbath. You know, at some point we have to decide, do we want to go to heaven and uh, reside in the realm of the spirit? And can we reside in the spirit even while we're here on earth? Or do we want to go to the laws of mankind 
and, you know, try to reach God through a box, a channel that we have created. And that's why Jesus dealt with that, because uh, the Pharisee says, look, your guys are eating and they're plucking. Well, actually, they're plucking. So they viewed that as working. And, uh, you know, they're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. And Jesus responded, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? He went into the house of God and he began to eat the showbread. Now, the showbread is only for the priests. So basically, life is first, not uh, adherence to laws that are not even going to bring you into the presence of God. Amen. Presence of God comes through intimacy with him, seeking him. Um, Jesus even said that the Sabbath was made for man. Okay. Not man for the Sabbath. So it is very good to observe the Sabbath, allocate time on Saturday. That's the day that the Sabbath is. And uh, from Friday night, to Saturday evening. That's awesome, wonderful, desired. However, remember the reality of it. Sabbath was actually made for man so that man could rest as God did after creation, you know, so that man can sit back and meditate on the goodness of God. Amen. I mean, so that man can bring his family and fellowship so as a unit, they honor uh, the Lord and realize why are we worshiping the creator God? Why are we putting our thoughts on his goodness and his faithfulness, you know, and not other materialistic gods? It is a time for us to sit down and appreciate this great God that we have. The Sabbath was made for man, uh, not man for the Sabbath. Amen. Also, during the Sabbath, we meditate on Jesus. Amen. Uh, Jesus himself said, because the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. We're just taking a moment this morning and trying to imagine that if we lived life on earth as if we were with Jesus daily, what kind of life what we actually experience. And I'm here to tell you, it would be as exciting as my weekend was. <laughs> it never stopped. I was being continually used by the power of God in so many different arenas and, and atmospheres and environments and demographics. I mean, at one moment I was with adults, the next minute I'm with 45 kids or students. I mean, it, it just never ended. Uh, part of it would, was with disabled, part in the hospital. When the Spirit of God is with you, you know, you're literally carrying the spirit of liberty, the spirit of freedom, you know, to break those away, to destroy chains. Amen. And uh, I'm just asking God to teach you and I how to be more sensitive to the needs of the lost. Amen. So in Mark, the third chapter, the Pharisees again are watching him and 
scribes you're watching him to see if he's going to do more on the sabbath they've already seen that he allowed his disciples to what they call work on the sabbath and to them that was unlawful but then as they watched him further they saw more that he did he dealt with the needs he dealt with the anointing that the lord had placed upon him over there in luke the fourth chapter, verse 18, which I'm going to turn to so that I can read it to you. But Luke 4, 18, when he came in to the synagogue on that Sabbath, uh, let me look, and I'm right here, one page ahead. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay. And literally referring to the prophetic word, uh, it was in the prophet Isaiah. And it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, the spirit of God, has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to the poor. Not just to those that have substance, but to those that no one think about, the actual poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And that right there means those that are uh, being tormented by demonic forces, unclean spirits, and then to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. See, that anointing uh, upon Jesus, it took precedent over the desires and the structures of mankind religion, because in that anointing is built the concept and the reality of freedom. Wherever Jesus went and wherever you and I go, people should be set free. Amen. And so they watch whether... Uh, Jesus would heal this man with the withered hand. And sure enough, when Jesus saw the man, he said, step forward. And then he looked over to the Pharisees and the scribes and said, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? Well, of course, they couldn't anger. They could not answer because. They knew the answer, but they didn't want to concede to him. And here's what Jesus did. He just he got a little bit angry, and he looked at the man and said, stretch out your hand. When the man stretched it out, um, his hand was restored as whole as the other. Notice that Jesus didn't even say, be healed. He just allowed the spirit of liberty in him to set. <laughs> the captives free to heal the sick. Amen. And so because that the spirit of God is already within him, you know, he's been anointed. All right. Um, even and we're talking about, in a sense, we're talking about the purpose of Jesus. So when you say, I want to escape to heaven. Okay. It is a physical place in a different realm, okay? Um, but generally, we're saying, I don't want any more pain. I don't want any more sorrow, confusion, disappointment, lack. I want to be made whole. I want to understand why am I here? 
You know, I want to do good, not bad, evil. Help me. That that's that's what we're really saying, escape to heaven. But I took it a step further and say, well, you're really saying more than that because you're saying I want to be with Jesus. So we need to understand this Jesus that we want to be with. Okay? That has um by his own actions he has set up the avenue of reconciliation for mankind with the Creator Father. I mean, and you're saying after the Tower of Babel with Nimrod, where the Creator God came down in Genesis, and uh, I believe the 11th chapter, and there God the Father separated mankind into what it was that by their actions they demonstrated. Uh, that Tower of Babel was built as an act of gross rebellion against God and his ways. And so literally the entire mankind agreed with the fallen angels to not do, not live life as our father created it to be lived. So that's that was the gist of that tower being built. And then when the Lord came down and said, let me see what they're doing, he said, you know, they're united and there's nothing that they cannot achieve because he, we are created in the image of God. And the spirit of unity, one accord, will allow us to uh accomplish impossible assignments, impossible. So when the Lord came down, I know I've deviated because I want you to have understanding about how important Jesus really is to you and I because of past events, not just Adam and Eve, but when the entire, when the seed of Adam and Eve after the flood committed even again the same action that Adam and Eve did by the spirit of agreement. Entire mankind agreed not to serve the Lord, not to live life as in a holy manner as he has designed it. And so therefore he separated uh, mankind into really 71 nations, but 70 uh, went under the fallen angels, the Gentiles, and one nation he kept for himself. One was allotted to him, and that was Abraham. And so notice that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, I believe over in Romans or Hebrew, it talks about how the spirit of adoption meaning that now we are adopted back by the creative father because of what Jesus has done, how he served as a mediator, and more importantly, too, how by faith we become the seed of Abraham. So becoming the seed of Abraham allows you and I to now be identified with that one 
small lot of individuals, that one little nation that God kept for himself that came through the bloodline of Abraham. So when we become a part of that bloodline, then we become family with Jesus. Amen. We become the children of God. Amen. And so escaping to heaven means being with Jesus, being with Jesus, doing the things of Jesus, agreeing with the purpose of Jesus. And over here in Mark, you and I can see that he's healing the multitude. Um, Mark, the third chapter, verse 10, for he healed many because why? They had afflictions and all they wanted to do was just touch him. And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, you are the son of God. But he sternly warned them, you know, not to make him known. And subsequently, he appointed the 12 disciples that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and cast out demons. You want to escape to heaven. But heaven has purpose. So escaping to heaven means escaping to being as Jesus were when he was on the face of the earth. Amen. You are to heal the sick, raise the dead. <laughs> okay, preach the gospel. Mark the third chapter going a little further. You know, how will people react to you? When you start being more like Jesus, uh, Jesus' own people, verse number 21, it says, but when his own people heard about how Jesus was, you know, casting out these devils, healing people, they went to try to catch him. They wanted to capture him because they said he's out of his mind. So being with Jesus and doing the things of Jesus is going to have people categorize you as being out of your mind. And they're correct because you will be out of your carnal mind, out of your natural mind. And you will then have the mind of Jesus, amen, to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is that none should perish, but that all should have everlasting life with Him. We will never die. The point is, where will you reside in eternity? And God wants you to come back to Him. It is his breath of life that's in you. That's why you're breathing. But when you receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit come as well, now you're able to commune with the Father, to commune with Jesus. They will abide with us. Amen. And we will do the things that we see Jesus doing as well. Uh, the scribes and the Pharisees, they called them, uh, they called them possessed. And that's because their imagination was limited to works of evil. They really could not imagine um, holiness, purity, um, perfection. They had never seen it. They only knew the law. 
And the law exists to make sure you understand that you are walking in sin as detailed over in Romans. So the real point is um, who is the family of Jesus? And, and Jesus answered that over in Mark, the third chapter, verse number 34, when they said, your mother and brother, they're out there. Why? Because his people wanted to grab him, right? And say, he's out of his mind. He's crazy. Not his mom, but the people that he grew up with. And he, he responded, um, who, who are my, uh, who's my family? For whosoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister, and my mother. Amen. Wow. I, I wanted to talk about so much more, but maybe next week we'll talk about the Word of God and uh, how it, how the Word operates and how you and I are supposed to preach God's Word. Amen. And what should we expect? Escaping to heaven is not laying around doing nothing. It's not just being in a state of uh, peace and joy. It's more because escaping to heaven brings responsibilities also to the one that did escape. Amen. Uh, it's because in there, in heaven, we're now learning more about the kingdom of God. And, um, you know, the kingdom of God brings uh, the kingdom of heaven to earth. <laughs> and that, so now I'm going to end it today with us just saying the uh, prayer over here in Matthew, I believe the sixth chapter. And uh, starting at the ninth verse. Okay. And this is what Jesus taught. Hey, and we're going to look at the prayer. We're going to say it right now. Our Father, which art in heaven, so that, that right there is a big statement because the only way he can be your father, not the fact that he created you, he's your creator, but to be your father, you have to make a decision with your free will that you're going to walk in obedience to the word of God, our father. That's how you get that spirit of adoption. Uh, not just saying I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You got it. Your actions have to receive the lifestyle of Jesus. You have to become a disciple of Jesus. You you have to do the works, and you have to walk holy and perfect in the will of God. Amen. That's how He becomes your Father, our Father, which art in heaven. Hallow, honored would be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. There it is, right there. So in order to have that uh, that fatherhood extended to you from the kingdom of heaven where God resides, you must walk in the spirit of obedience. And obedience is not, you know, uh, today I'm obedient, tomorrow I'm not. Uh, I'm obedient in the morning by the time I get to 3 p.m. I'm doing me now. I mean, I did God earlier. Come on. Well, that's not it. That is not it. Uh, you must walk in that spirit of obedience 24-7 so that you can actually claim uh, the adoption, the right of being his child. And that way, when you say, my father, 
which are in heaven. He's actually your father. Okay. And uh, may his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And notice that once that relationship has been established, now you're able to say to him, give me this day my daily bread and forgive me of all of my sins. So God, your father, not God, the creator, we're talking about your father, his position towards you is to fulfill all your needs right then and there. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father God, I ask you to allow your prayer today to be real in our lives, Lord. Continue to provide provision, protection, wealth, and health, Lord. Allow us, Lord, to walk in your way so that our soul can prosper, so that we can be the light upon this earth, Lord God, to bring deliverance, healing uh, to the poor, liberty to those that are oppressed, Lord God, and so that your will may be done upon this earth. And Father, when we escape to heaven, let us understand that we are escaping to your purpose to be manifested upon this earth. God, I love you and we love you, but we thank you more importantly for how you love us, unconditional and unlimited, Lord God. I thank you all for being here today. May the Lord bless you and continue to keep you. I'm excited because I know that God has a great plan for our lives. God bless you. See you next week. Bye. Yeah.